Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. It's Film Week on LAS 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Earlier, we heard our critics review and endorse the documentary The YouTube Effect, directed by Alex Winter, produced by Gail Ann Hurd, and we're happy to have them both with us to talk about the YouTube effect. Alex, let me start with you. Thank you so much for joining us. You've done a number of documentaries yep. uh, as well as a career as an, as an actor. I, I enjoyed your Zappa documentary. Oh, thank you. It was terrific. Here you turn your attention on a very complex topic, and that mm. is the origin story of YouTube, how it's evolved, and how the algorithm has sort of changed everything. Uh, what were some of the biggest challenges in putting together a a 99-minute film which covers such vast territory? Um, well, I think f- there's something probably broken about the way my brain works that I tend to like telling complicated stories about technology. Um, but I, I don't find them fundamentally complicated because behind any technology are people and um, certain motivations, certain business needs. Uh, Gail had come to me uh, with some access to some YouTube folks and interest in telling the story. And uh, it was uh, of high interest to me because I've been tracking the growth of online communities since the beginning of the Internet. And YouTube, uh, which is really Google's media front end, is, is without parallel the largest platform on the planet in terms of people congregating online through media and and other forms of communicating with each other. And that has big implications. What's amazing, of course, is how there's content for everyone on YouTube, because when I think of all my friends and family members who are heavy users of YouTube, their interests are so different from each other. Their politics are so different from each other, their life experiences, but they find stuff that's absolutely compelling for them. There. Yeah, I mean the whole world is there. That's the thing, and that's the thing I've, that's always I've always felt about the rise of technology in this revolution that we're in is that is that we tend to think of it as the other. Um, I even sort of bristle at the we we need to talk about an algorithm, and algorithms are important and they do matter, um, but it often becomes an excuse for not actually discussing the accountability and the fact that there are human beings back there um, who have motives that aren't just algorithmic and there are implications that aren't just algorithmic. So uh, in this case, there's amazing things on YouTube because YouTube is the whole planet. And so it's it's broken down barriers. It's helped towards driving uh, diversity in terms of who we see and communicate with and who our entertainment figures are. Cultivated uh, talent. Way, well before the rest of the entertainment industry woke up to needing to become more diverse and more supportive of trans and, and other LGBTQ and other ethnicities and other cultures around the world. Uh, it's an enormous source of information, an enormous source of connection for people um, who may not have access to each other or information. But alongside something that vast, 
um, comes negatives as well. We wanted to look into all of that. We're talking with Alex Winter, director of the YouTube Effect, Gail Ann Hurd, producer of the documentary. Uh, she's produced uh, Aliens, The Terminator, uh, The Abyss, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and the hit AMC drama The Walking Dead and its successor. Gail, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, so share with us the idea that you brought to Alex. What was that access you offered? Well, uh Going back, I have been friends with a couple that I have known um, quite a while who uh, turns out that he was a co-founder of YouTube and he was the chief technology officer at the very beginning, Steve Chen and his wife, Jamie. And just the most remarkable, kind people. And it fascinated me. And I wanted to find out how did this evolve? Where did it start? And how did it become what it's become? And of course, through that process, very early on, he and his partners sold to Google. Uh, and that other aspect that was so important was to be able to speak with Susan Wojcicki, who at the time was the CEO mm -hmm. and literally was responsible for, for Google acquiring YouTube. So, so to me, there, there was not only a story there about um, the genesis of YouTube, but how it became the source of so much good in the world, but also drove too many people down violent conspiracy th theory rabbit holes. We're talking with the producer and director of the YouTube Effect with us on Film Week on L.A. is 89.3. So, Gail, let's, let's talk uh, about, you know, those that took part in the documentary that you helped pave the way for. Um, were they anticipating that there'd be a significant critique of Google and its business model in the film? I think we, we never intended to make a hit piece. That's just not who either Alex or I are. What we wanted to do was to tell the truth as we were able to see it about YouTube, which is that it is the global meeting place, but it's a free platform for the most part. Yes, there are paid aspects of it. And in order to monetize the platform, people need to stay on the platform for a very long period of time. That's not just true of, of YouTube, it's any of the platforms that are free for users. And what we discover is that it is not cute pet videos that keep people online or content that makes you feel necessarily warm and fuzzy. It tends to be things that in a Pavlovian way yeah. drive rage and anger um, and that's what keeps and they're people tapping engaged. into that. Yes. Well, and that and that time spent watching that, of course, is the metric that's used throughout entertainment. It, for radio, time spent listening. We measure how long do people stay with our program. Sure. And television ratings are so not surprising that Google's whole purpose would be to get you to spend as much time on the platform as possible. Yeah, when you think about it, there's a, a kind of. Uh, contradiction in terms of the the enormous innovation going on in technology and uh, the the ability to connect people on a scale that we've never seen in human history and at the same time the business models are very antiquated I mean they they go back to radio and newspaper 
Um, and I think there's a collision there that's causing problems. I think, I mean, a lot of people think that. But if you have an ad-based model and you're a publicly traded company, um, well, then, as Gail said, you're you're going to be attracting eyeballs um, in many ways through a lot of the content that can be provocative, salacious, uh, completely uh, unethical, or even inciting violence, literal violence. Um, and then that's going to be helping to create massive profits that make the shareholders very happy, who are going to be incentivized to change that business model. So I think that's a, that's a bit of the conundrum that we found ourselves in. Well, and one of the challenges is to determine, well, what is unsavory content? I mean, we can all agree that threatening someone's lives or, or fomenting violent activity, but where that line is drawn in content, um, we might not agree on that. So that really is the challenge as well. It can be. Um, it's only that what I found is that that, that can be the sort of the defense uh, and then you end up in this kind of, you know, there's good people on both sides thing, which was, you know, was said I think during the Charlotte riot um, where there weren't really particularly good people on both sides. Um, but if you look at, at the behavior, uh, I don't think you find that in many cases. I think that even recently within the last week or so, YouTube decided to stop pulling content that uh, promoted the stop the steal, you know, the 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 uh, the. Uh, conspiracy theory that the 2020 election was was invalid. And they're doing that right now as we cruise into the 2024 election. Um, there's no both sides in that, right? They could have continued to, to deplatform that. They made a decision not to. So I think that there are so many places where we could be doing better before we get to the legitimate, absolutely legitimate nuance that you're talking about. And there are, and we talk about this in the doc, there are very tricky aspects of fixing these problems that are trickier than some people think. You can't just abolish Section 230, um, which... Which provides protection to the platforms. And as to all platforms. They're neutral, they're neutral bypasses. Exactly, yeah. If you abolish that, you're killing the little guys, and you probably won't even do much damage to the big guys. Um, and content moderation is very hard. And there's a lot of really important and good stuff on, on these platforms, especially on YouTube, given the breadth. We'll continue our conversation with the director and producer of the YouTube Effect documentary that's out this week. Alex Winter, the director, Gail Ann Hurd, the producer. We'll be back in just one minute on Film Week. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center, presenting the world premiere of Ghost Waltz by Oliver Mayer, a bold original recovery of Juventino Rosas, one of Mexico's most significant composers. Follow Rosas from his father's early death to his friendship with ragtime genius Scott Joplin, now on stage through June 2nd. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org.
It's Film Week on LA at 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. I remind you, if you missed the reviews of our Film Week critics from earlier in the hour, you can listen to Film Week whenever you want to. The very popular podcast is available wherever you get your audio. It's available on the LAS smartphone app as well as at LAS.com. Whenever you want to hear Film Week, make sure you don't miss a week of it. We're talking with the producer and director of The YouTube Effect, a new documentary about the social media platform that's just out. Uh, the film is at the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema in downtown Los Angeles. Gail Ann Hurd is the producer and Alex Winter, the director. Uh, Gail, um, you know, you've, you've had so many blockbuster films that have really defined your career as a producer. What led you to want to turn your attention to a documentary like this, so different than, than the films you've produced in the past? Well, this is actually my fourth documentary, uh, which the, the fact that it's not well known that I've done documentaries shows that there's a lot fewer column inches <laughs> given to, to that particular medium, which is why we're so thrilled that the film is going to be available in theaters It'll be available streaming later on, but mm-hmm. now we're so excited that audiences well, be get to see this. YouTube eventually, <laughs> of course it will, <laughs> along with the rest of all of you. But, but they're very important stories to tell. Um, generally, my films have all examined a similar theme, which is ordinary people thrust into extraordinary circumstances. Well, that actually continues here. Look at the ordinary people who became superstars, in fact, much bigger perhaps, than the superstars we think of from traditional television and features. Uh, A lot of the people that are YouTube stars um, as influencers have an even greater following. And that's part of the phenomenon I wanted to examine with Alex. But also, what is it that, that drives people to violence. How many steps do you need to go through to being, let's say, a skeptic to actually taking a gun and murdering people, um, let's say, in in Christchurch, New Zealand? You have uh, a a guy who had been uh, in uh, the alt-right and had uh, become disenchanted, found his way out, and now has a YouTube series that's devoted to, you know, questioning those contentions and helping people sort of exit uh, the extremist world. And it was really interesting to hear what he said. And and I wonder as more and more people have sort of uh, found the light, so to speak, if this is going to be a growing area of YouTube to sort of, you know, um, to to offer an alternative voice to people who might be drawn in by the extreme rhetoric. I certainly hope so, but I defer to Alex on this. Yeah, I think so, and I think that that's happened because of one of the positives of the platform, which is that it has a kind of a democratized uh, uh, the system of how people can distribute their own media is not policed, right? Uh, In some ways, that can be a negative, and that's an area that they have done work to try to create uh, you know, better uh, practices for keeping really dangerous people off the platform with limited success, I would say. But then you have a lot of people there who are doing incredible work. Uh, I would point to Natalie Wynn from ContraPoints, who one of the reasons I wanted Natalie was she's a huge influencer on the platform and, and in other areas now online. 
but is very, very good at speaking to these issues to a big audience. And she was the one who actually was in, one of the people who was instrumental in getting Caleb sort of out of out of the, the downward spiral. And they never, it's just like the rest of YouTube. They didn't know each other. She doesn't know him. He doesn't know her. And yet she had this massive impact, positive impact on his life. So I think we're seeing more and more of that. I think that, that there is, she says it, Natalie says it in the film, they didn't expect the company to come along and, and save it, right? They expected it to come from the people who are, are on platform or the users themselves. One of the things I found fascinating it was um, creators talking about their fear of of going away at all, even a week off, because uh, you worry out of sight, out of mind, and that you can lose your following that fast, which just gives you a sense of the kind of intensity of the platform. It does, and it also gives you a sense of its the sort of comparisons between it and early days of other forms of entertainment. You think of early radio, you think of the birth of rock and roll, you think of the the rise of the record industry, and 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 even things like vaudeville, where there was a kind of human, like almost desperation to to grab eyeballs. You think about like like what the Gum Sisters did, right? Like back in vaudeville days, and it, to me, it feels very similar. Like I've known the Smosh guys, Anthony and Ian for a long time and I know the Fine Brothers very well and some other influencers since they were kids really mm-hmm. and I'd never seen people work that hard <laughs> in my life and then they just worked around the clock and that was what they had to do in order to succeed it's there. like early television like it's, you're saying exactly like, yeah everything's live it's all we hustle gotta, we gotta redo it for the west coast now exactly you know, it was it's like that if you go to the Fine Brothers studio like back in the day when they were when they were running that company it was it was mayhem it was organized mayhem but it just there was nobody sleeping we're talking with the director and the producer of the YouTube effect new dot documentary screening at the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema downtown L.A. Gail Ann Hurd, the producer, and Alex Winter, the director. So, Alex, if you could wave a magic wand and you could change how YouTube deals with extreme content, what would you do? I think that the business, I think that it's really less about an algorithm and more about um, business models. I think it's about the incentive to, as Gail said, to grab and hold eyeballs and then to monetize those eyeballs. And so now these platforms are monetizing uh, violence. They're monetizing the rise of, of very serious terrorism. A lot of it is white supremacist terrorism that's causing havoc all over the world and a lot of havoc here at home in the U.S. So I think the models need to change. Now, I don't think any of these companies, which are monopolies, are going to police themselves. So I think it will ultimately be incumbent upon government to have successful antitrust, anti-monopoly law that begins to shift the way these companies work. And I know that sounds kind of grandiose, but I don't really see under the, any other way. I just don't think that's going to happen in any immediate future. Yeah, I mean, what you're describing, I think, would have to be a nonprofit model. I think if- it will. It's thinking about thinking about Google or Meta like U.S. Steel. I think that you have to look at the rise of big tech the same way that there was a rise of the Industrial Revolution that preceded it, and we have to deal with this revolution the same way we dealt with that one. Or Gail, Standard Oil. Yeah, or Standard Oil. Yeah. So, so Gail, but, but, of course, one of the advantages of the near monopoly is that everybody is there on the platform. If you broke it up a la Standard Oil and everybody's dispersed, it doesn't have that same sense of the world coming together. That's possible. I don't know if we know the answer to that just yet. I think that the Internet was so new that everyone congregated in these central silos. I'm not sure that's the future. I think what we've seen with Twitter, with the kind of Elon's 
Musk's disastrous takeover of Twitter that has sent most of that ecosystem scattering to other places. They're all finding each other in other places. And a lot of people who are newer to the Internet, I'm old, I've been around the Internet since it started. For us old folks, we're like, well, this is always the way it's been. Platforms b- blow apart. and You go find your people somewhere else. I think the general public is beginning to realize we don't have to just ride down one lane of the freeway in order to be together online. All right. Gail Ann Hurd, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Producer of the YouTube Effect, Alex Winter, director of the documentary as well. Thank you so much for joining us. The YouTube Effect, by the way, is screening at Alamo Drafthouse Cinema in downtown Los Angeles. Thanks so much for joining us for Film Week on LA is 89.3. Reminder, if you missed any part of the program, you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts or at LAist.com. Have a wonderful weekend. The LAist Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com sweeps.